The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. Yay! I'm your host, Tim D O Double G. And joining me tonight is the man behind the sound effects at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? And joining us in hopefully a couple minutes here will be at Radicat on Twitter. Yay! I thought he got the abrupt cutoff for a second there. No. It was just a, 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 a delay between uh, button presses. Roddy will be here soon. Very soon. Cool. And with that, we are the Comic Book Chronicles. You can go to our website, theclicknation.com, to find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book News. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, YouTube. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube.com, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. Just search for Comic Book Chronicles. And we are a part of the Cold Soda Podcast Network, a.k.a. CSPN. Go to CSPN.us. Do it today. Do it today. And make sure to buy some Comic Book Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Remember, we record live every Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Go to theclicknation.com forward slash live to watch every week. And use the hashtags Comic Book Chronicles and CBCron if you're discussing complex on social media to be a part of the conversation. So this is the last Comic Book Chronicles before Christmas. Yes, Christmas is right around the corner. When you're listening to this, you may actually be trying to get away from family after uh, everything's been unwrapped. I, was, I almost said this is going to be the last Comic Book Chron- Chronicles of 2017, but I'm not entirely sure of that. <laughs> it is for me because I won't be on the next two weeks, but y'all might have a, an episode next week without me. Exactly. Right before the new year, just do a quick wrap up on uh, the last week of the year. Yeah, there'll be some good stuff to discuss sure as, as Ratty Cat joins the show. Um, if he's set up entirely yet, but he is here and we'll be hearing from him shortly. Shortly. So this was a big week to sort of end the. Uh, 2017 even if uh, i think a couple of good things come out next week but this was definitely uh let's get some good stuff out here some new number ones or 100s if right. you're a marvel legacy title uh debuting this week uh some event series continuing lots of good things sure this felt like a big uh you know uh information dump you know this is like the, the you know there's a, so many books out this week that uh deserve to be read and uh felt bad you know i felt bad i feel bad there's gonna be a couple of books that kind of get left by the wayside this week that's the way it goes sometimes yep so the first book that we're gonna begin with is batman 37 from 
DC Comics. Yeah. Part two of the Super Friends uh, story arc. Yes, I call it the double date you thought you would never see part two. <laughs> yeah, so the previous issue dealt with Batman confiding in Catwoman and Superman confiding in Lois Lane about Batman's proposal to Catwoman and Batman thinking that Superman wouldn't care about it and Superman being like, you know, I thought we were best friends and <laughs> Bruce hasn't told me yet. Everyone else knows. Everyone else knows. To them, then going on a double date, which turned into hilarity as they went <laughs> uh, to a, like a little county fair that was on a, a superhero themed night. So you couldn't get in unless you were dressed as a superhero and they were just in street clothes. Sure. Tom King and uh, Clay Mann decided to have a little bit of fun with the opening uh, splash page that uh, had um, uh, 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 Zan from the Wonder Twins as the character's uh, uh, costume the uh, the opening on the uh, the front page of the book. It, that was a pretty uh, 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 surprising thing to see once you open the book and see it's a Wonder Twin costume. I know, right? And I was thinking, okay, so you got one without the other, though? Yeah, seriously. The other one of twin was working the other gate. <laughs> okay. That's what we'll say. Gotcha. That sounds, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> so since they had to have be dressed as superheroes, they, I'm sure, went to like their trunk and got their superhero clothes, but they decided, that's not fun. Let's switch it up and have each other wear each other's clothes. Yeah, Clark was a little apprehensive at first, as he tends to be. Actually, hell, Bruce was just downright no. Yeah, like, no. For the first few, two, three pages, like, no. Superman's like, you know, the S stands for hope. Batman's like, the bat stands for bat. <laughs> I like Batman being like, Tom King's Batman's like the uh, old Kermergen, get off my lawn, Batman. He just gives like the one where it answers no. Or, mm, mm. And we also got to see Lois Lane in Catwoman's cat suit. And Catwoman just put on Lois Lane's nice little short dress. Yeah, we, we saw that Lois got a little donk on her. Yeah. As she was changing. Clay Man's Lois Lane. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely Clay Man's Lois Lane. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Make sure to differentiate them for before people get mad. True enough. True enough. That's comedy. So one of the funnier one of the funnier aspects of this is that um I guess Tom King is is, is going to uh beat this particular joke into the ground about how uh um Superman's uh, uh, civilian disguise is so skimpy and so see- easy to see through. You know, it seems like he's hit on that, you know, a couple times in these two issues. I like that he had Superman, uh, Clark, and Batman's outfit, but he still wore the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. I don't know who gets credit for that, but kudos to them. And then we had Catwoman and Lois bonding. Yeah, sharing a flask. Talking about their men. <laughs> while Bruce and Clark uh, let the testosterone flow by. Uh, talking about who, if Superman, uh, Batman could hit a baseball off a of Superman pitching. And then it happened. Yes, yep, spoiler got, alert. Yeah. Got an answer to that in the final page. Which it, it kind of reminded me of, um, you know, Superman and Flash having their race. Mm-hmm. Like this could be their, this could be their little thing between bats and soups. And we also saw someone try to steal, I forget if it was Lois's or Catwoman's purse. Oh, which, yeah. Don't, you know, do you really want to be the robber who tries to steal from Batman and Superman's woman? <laughs> Unknowingly, mind you, but still, you know, it um, between Lois and, and Selena, it caused the same amount of hilarious as we, the audience, I'm sure, had. I'm like, okay, that was dumb. And sure enough, cut clock. Mm-hmm. They both even laughed about it. Yeah. Like, you poor sucker. <laughs> but I think that basically wraps up the, the issue. I'm not sure if there's going to be a part three to this or if it continues, but I think it was it. But I'm glad uh, for this little short two issue arc. 
It was, you know, like I said, it was it was what you never thought you would see, and or won it. Yeah, exactly. Although I did get the nice, I picked up the uh, the cool Olivier Cortel uh, variant cover for this, like Batman and Catwoman's uh, mixtape. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, in any event, you know, it was it was a fun read. You know, I, I see you guys have a lot of uh, praise for this. You know, for these two issues, I, I'm still kind of on the fence. Although I did, you know, I did definitely like the execution of the story. You know, because I mean, it, it grounds the two. You know, it grounds the two characters. For me, and characters. Forget the two characters. Right. Well, but for me, and this this being the only two Batman issues that I have read, probably this in a, in the, the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something different than what you would think. Right. So, I appreciated it for that much. Understood. All right. All right. Well, we had a lot. Of, we had a lot in common, so we might just, you know, in terms of the three, the the books that the three of us read. So let's see what else we all read. Might want to jump to Marvel. Mm. Yeah. So you're the Fantastic Four fan. So what did you think of Marvel Two and One? That was oh. awesome. <laughs> Marvel Two and One was awesome. It was so much fun, and I, you know, and I'm also uh, uh, one of the big Jim Chung um, fans. Um, on the podcast and to see him uh, you know really you know rock out on this issue was just you know it was great seeing it again you know seeing his work uh, uh, greasing the pages of a Marvel book and uh, you know it's Chip Zdarsky on the story and he's he's writing a, a fun little story too it actually ties slightly into the ending of Uncanny Avengers which might come up later in the show um, but uh, um, there's a, a, a tag team of inkers, John Dell and Walden Wong, who really uh, give a lot of depth to um, to uh, Chung's art art in this. Um, we start off with, um, as I was saying, it sort of ties into the um, how uh, Uncanny Avengers ends with um, Johnny Storm uh, finding himself better off than he ever has been. And, uh, you know, he's finding himself also taking risks more so than he ever has because he's kind of lost you know, he's kind of lost his way, lost his faith in a sense. Um, but uh, one of the things that comes up at the end of uh, Uncanny Avengers is that um, with his newfound wealth, um, Johnny Storm has uh, created uh, some uh, charitable organizations. And one of them um, is presenting an award. And uh, basically, Johnny gets uh, good old Ben Grimm to uh, take care of an awards presentation right at the beginning of the, uh, the issue. So um, that's basically how we start the, you know, how we start our story. Yeah, we also get a nice little um, FF 101, if you think about it, because, you know, you, yeah, well, in the front and the back of the book, actually, yeah. um, you get a little history of the, of the FF, and then he goes into the story, and then you go into Grimm, which, seeing Ben Grimm in glasses is kind of one of my favorite things for a long time, because it <laughs> uh, it's kind of a, I guess it was, it was still kind of a callback to, like, when they used to put um, ads in, well, they still do, but I mean, Marvel ads for, like, Christmas stuff. Sure. Being around by the fireside in the in the smoking jacket and the glasses. Yes, I remember that. That's funny. So it kind of took me back to that. I'm like, all right, there's that. But yeah, and um, I think part of this was also you could see shades of it in other places because if you recall, um, Ben and Johnny have been in was in the last issue of uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which mm-hmm. also has me thinking. Well, okay, this may be where I mean, it could be a coincidence, but this maybe this is where they get the keys to the stuff that they give to Lunella, because you also see Johnny kind of in a down mood in that issue, also. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last issue of Moon Girl and Dinosaur, so you kind of see, you know, his progression has not just been hitting in this book, or his I guess his, his power has, has not been shown in this book, but also in other places, right? Right. So, you know, like you said, you know, this is where they get the keys to the, you know, not, not necessarily the keys to the kingdom, but the keys to the toy box. Right. And which like, it's oh, just in some random ass warehouse in 
you know, in a spot. That seems a little insecure. <laughs> it, it is just the Marvel universe. Things just, you know, lot of, you know, this stuff like this gets put into warehouses if it's not in. Uh, well, there's no more shield, so there's no more vaults. It's true, but you know, I don't know. It just seems like okay. It's, it's, I don't know. You might as well have left it in the Baxter building if that was the case. But again, he didn't have it anymore, so I guess that's why. Right, and I guess to 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 kind of put. Uh, wrap on this issue we see how it's going to tie into recent uh developments for uh victor von doom as well a lot more devious here than in previous uh comics he's co-starred in or starred in well i don't know if it's devious so much as just you know kind of being matter of fact saying look this i can't open this this isn't for me this is for you um but he's observing what's going on because he wants to know what was in the little thing that he uh had um essentially uh, uh, pilfered from uh, the Baxter building and, uh, you know, couldn't open because it was meant for Ben Grimm alone. Right. I mean, Doom is not going to completely stop being Doom anyway. It's not like he's, I don't, you know, even in in his turn of relief, he's still like, okay, I really want to know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm sure he, as much as anybody wants to, you know, find out if indeed Reed's still alive, you know. Right. Out of the other side of himself. I, did, I did like the flashbacks to the Secret Wars. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. There's also a great scene where uh, Johnny kind of uh, you know, throws a tantrum. He says, how dare you come with this, you know, with, the, with an old school fantastic car, the, the, the flying bathtub. And, um, <laughs> and, and he, tries to, uh, he tries to do something to it. And, and, and Ben Grimm has a great line uh, about it. And, uh, you know, I, I looked at that, I read it, and I, just, I, I couldn't help but smile because it made so much sense. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's like I like how you how you thought he wasn't gonna <laughs> he wasn't gonna um you know check for this you know but come on this is a contingency that he's gonna plan for yeah so that was cool yeah listen I'm I, you know there's a cut that uh, there's a couple of artists that I definitely try to check out what they're working on um and Jim Chung is one of them and and and, and I'm happy to see him working on something that has a nice high profile mm. in a classic sense yes definitely so I, so I'm not reading um. Spectacular. How is um how is uh Zdarsky as a writer? I like him. It's good. It's good. I wasn't necessarily going to talk about Spectacular this week because it's it's a, a kind of a long story arc that he's in the midst of. You know, he's. Oh yeah, no, I only brought it up for this one, but yeah, I know that that he, there's an, a, an an issue out this week, which I almost read, but I didn't have a chance to. Right. I mean, if you're up on it, and you know, it makes total sense. It fits right into the uh, overarching story, but this is definitely not a first issue. You know, new reader friendly issue at all. So you right. need to, you definitely need to be kind of up on what's going on, but he's yeah. definitely um, entertaining. <laughs> definitely entertaining. Yeah. I'm getting uh, slowly caught up on spectacular. All right. Um, let's see. What else did you guys all read Thor this week? Uh, of course. Hey, ah, I know Roddy should really should get on this man. That would be mighty Thor. Yes. Mighty Thor number seven. Oh, two. We are rocketing towards, um, uh, at least one uh, culmination of a storyline in this book. That being the death of the mighty Thor. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, as um, as the cover plainly shows you, you know, we're dealing with a lot of uh, Jane Foster in this issue, not necessarily the um, uh, the new female Thor. Um, what's uh, what's funny about this is that it starts out with one of the more logical things that used to be a staple of uh, old Thor issues and old, you know, kind of. Um, uh, uh, pantheon, God pantheon issues, which was that uh, the pantheons would kind of help each other out, especially uh, the Norse uh, pantheon and the uh, and the gods of Olympus. 
And we have an uh, immediate guest appearance by none other than the Prince of Power, Hercules. Oh, yeah, that was a fun uh, little cameo. This wasn't even a cameo because he was a couple of panels and pages. Yeah. Guest appearance. Right. So, so he, guess, he, get, he appears in the book. And the whole point of the appearance is that uh, all, the, all, all, you know, all hell literally is breaking loose within the, uh, the nine realms or the ten realms, right? And, um, and you'd think that the gods of Asgard would ask for help. And it's taken them, you know, it's taken them this long to kind of figure out, hey, you know what? You might want to ask uh, at least Hercules, if not the other gods of Olympus, for help. Yeah. So but, that's good to see. Yeah, but uh, you know, w- with that said, we get back to uh, tying this book back into what has happened recently, and we see the after, uh, the aftermath of uh, the War Thor versus Mangog in the previous issues. So um, we do see that there have been ramifications, and that uh, the storyline is progressing with uh, um, uh, the impending arrival of one Mangog to Asgardia. Oh yes, and uh, Odin is back awake. It's about time. Yeah, it's about time, and it's nice to see you know. Uh, I guess I have Russell Dowerman and Matt Wilson back on art. Oh, this is their first issue back, right? Yep. There you go. What I was going to say, it's nice to see uh, Jane Foster kind of taking, you know, because uh, this had been one of the aspects of the story is that, uh, you know, she was afraid to turn back. You know, she was enjoying being Thor and just being, you know, uh, a thunder god and, and not dealing with her health issues. But it was nice to see Jane Foster kind of uh, step to the fore in this. Yeah, she's not letting her ailment deter her. Exactly. That's about it. I think everything that happened in this issue, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a nice start. And obviously we, we leave off on a cliffhanger um, related to what I was mentioning earlier. Uh, you know, uh, it's about to hit the fan in Asgardia or Asgard. So there you go. Yep. Let's jump back to DC for a second and do Dark Knight's Metal number four. Did you read this, Roddy? No, I haven't been keeping up with that metal stuff. All right. Well, let's see. We can't tag team this one, Tim. I like that metal stuff. It has its it has its ups and downs. Uh, there are definitely good aspects to it. Um, we're coming off of a two month wait for this issue, though, and I think maybe that had something to do with my uh, difficulty in getting back into it. I can see that because they had like, like that month long like bats out of hell crossover with Justice League and um, was it Green Lantern? How joining Green Lantern Corps maybe or some other series too that took a part in it. Right, and I actually didn't read that. So, <laughs> well, luckily, uh, they 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 helped us out. Scott Snyder and Capullo helped us out by giving us a recap uh, on the first page in like cartoonish form of what the the current situation is. So that did help me get back up to speed and figure out why characters are kind of paired off the way they're paired off. And uh, the first pairing that we see is, well, the first character that we're caught up on with is uh, Batman, our current Batman, who's been uh, you know I guess pushed into the future and aged. And uh, he's dealing with some um, uh, alternate multiverse uh, versions of Superman. And one of the funnier parts of this issue is, and I was talking to Tim about this right before the show started, um, a particular weapon that uh, that uh, that that uh, Batman takes off of one of these multiverse Superman, and it's uh, called the that he it's a weapon he nicknamed a gauntlet that he nicknamed the the five finger death punch because it has every color kryptonite from gold to periwinkle on it. So. I, I like that. That kind of made me, you know, chuckle when I read that. Um, you know, he's, uh, Batman's talking about how he always had some imagination uh, when it came to creating weapons, and that's not something that Superman ever had because he obviously never had to worry about it. He was a freaking walking weapon. So it's not like a gauntlet. Yeah, it's not like an Infinity Gauntlet, but it's definitely, you know, like an anti-Superman weapon. I need to bring up what my remaining notes were for this. All right. Well, I mean, the various, the various. Oh, Star- Bro, Starro was a a joy to see. <laughs> I was gonna say the uh, what's up, losers? 
<laughs> yeah, this is all part of the remaining teams kind of making their way to sources of nth metal. And that's where all these characters are popping up. You know, that bro Starro that uh, Tim was referring to as uh, part of the Green Lantern's, um, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, um, Green Lantern's trip to, uh, what is that, the hidden planet of Thanagar? Yes. So... Yeah, so you know everyone's on the on on the hunt for nth metal, and we find that uh, uh, you know the the whole point of tracking for nth metal had to do with hope or something hokey like that, and the, maybe this is where they kind of lost me. Yeah, but we did find out sort of like the origin of the multiverse. Right, all the worlds are created on the forgery or the forge, and mm-hmm. the forger has been was killed by Barbatos. Because what what happened, I, if I remember correctly, which is up for debate, but <laughs> the worlds and how the worlds were being destroyed in the in the dark matter world were like those were ones that didn't make it to the you know to the good level of the multiverse. So those worlds would be destroyed, and then new ones created that would hopefully st- still remain in the light. If they fell to the dark, it would just be like a cycle over and over again. Them being uh, destroyed and remade. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, there's something there's something like that in here. One one of the characters that has been brought uh uh into the uh regular DC canon now has been Dream, uh Daniel, um from uh from Sandman. Oh yes. So, you know, a lot there's a lot of exposition. You know, he basically is explaining the whole thing um uh to Batman and Superman. So you know that's what that's his part to play in this issue. And what I was alluding to before is that we get to uh, the end of the issue, and uh, things are going bad quickly because uh, you know things are looking hopeless. And uh, we have a, a a character come back in a fairly unlikely way. You know this. Oh is, yeah, and uh, not next, to spoil everything. Next week is a one shot that kind of goes into his this person's story. Okay. Oh, and Black Adam like shows up out of nowhere. Yeah, that. <laughs> Yeah, this issue is just throwing me for a loop left and right. Um, I want you know, I'd I'd like to hear what PCN underscore Dirt has to say about it. Maybe you'll uh, tweet at him later and see if he has uh, some thoughts on the book. So, I think that pretty much sums up Dark Knight's Metal. Yes. What do you want to toss out, Roddy? Um. Well, we we can stay on the DC train, and I can bring up uh, oh, Trinity number sixteen. I guess. All right. Um, I'll get that cover going. Yeah. So apparently. Uh, Cobra is in the DC universe, but not that Cobra. And I don't know who these Cobra. These Cobra seem more like the Serpent Society than than that uh, titular group uh, from uh, GI Joe. But basically, this this might be a one shot issue. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but it's New Year's Eve, so keep that in mind. Uh, Batman's working with Deadshot because his daughter got taken. Uh, so so Deadshot's out of got uh, brought out of jail um, under Batman's care to 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 help with that. And then um, somewhere along the lines, Diana and um, Diana and Clark joined the fray because there's some explosions. And while they were at, coincidentally, uh, Bruce's party waiting for him, but obviously he was out being Batman. Um, and someone has a, have someone in this Cobra organization. Well, this Cobra organization had a bunch of vans going around the city. You know, stop me if you've heard this one. Potentially um, have had uh, Deadshot's daughter in one of these vans. So the team helps with this, but that ends up not being the case. And, um, you know, um, a bunch of Cobra dudes. This is a fast and furious plot. No, not really. No, (laughs) it's like, like you could take it down that if if it, if it stayed there, but that part didn't kind of last that long. Cause they kind of, cause they kind of figured out because Deadshot ended up being the one to figure out, Oh wait, that's, you know, well, well with Batman's help figure out, well, this is not necessarily 
what this is. So um, they ended up fighting like like I said, these Cobra dudes, and Deadshot ends up saving the team, but not end up getting his daughter back. Sadly enough, but I, the whole time I'm thinking about this, I was like, okay, if this is not, which it, it, I'm not saying it is, but it like it closed like it could have been a one and done, but it's not because like I said, there's a little scene about who was actually behind what's going on, and my money is kind of on Calendar Man at this point because obviously since it's this is happening because they even said in the course of the story like why is this happening on New Year's Eve? I'm sitting here like, well, hmm, gee, who could who could possibly be doing something something on on New Year's? I mean, could be the Joker, obviously, but I mean, but still, you know, who would go out of their way to do whatever they're doing in this issue on this particular night? So, like I said, if this was not a one and done, I, I expect to see that. Um, I expect to see that being that to come up in the next issue. But if it is a one and done, then it just kind of plainly wrapped up with well, they didn't get what they sought out to get, but they're still on the hunt for them. So outside of that, you know, it was a decent issue. Um, they not necessarily went, it wasn't, it's not Will Smith. Let's go ahead and put that out there. Um, but, um, they also play with the fact that, you know, Hey, this shot's a villain and this, and that's why is he around here? And it doesn't, you know, that's not, but then he ends up saving the day. So the, 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 the rest of the team ends up. So was it Will Smith? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was regular white Floyd Lawton, but you know, in this multiverse, in this yes. part of the multiverse, right? Yes, but when when he what you know when he came up on the scene, I was like, wait, are they going to do that? But then they showed him without masks. I'm like, okay, they didn't they didn't do that. So, but um, yeah, but it was a nice and neat issue. Like I said, I, I'm I'm expecting this might not be the one shot I'm thinking it is, and just you know, it's, it's not the one shot you think it is. Exactly, not the one shot you think it is. <laughs> For viewers but, of the video podcast, you will appreciate that gag a lot more. But yeah, but the the way it played out, it seemed like it. But like I said, there's there's one too many loose ends for it to be the the one shot that I'm thinking of this. So gotcha. All right. Um, if there, well, I I think Tim might have some DC. I gotta check his list real. Quick. I have another DC, but I could I could wait on that one. Yeah. Do you mind if we jump back to Marvel real quick? Because there is a book that we all read that I wanted to discuss. Do it. It's uh, Doctor Strange three eight three. And um, the first thing that caught my eye when I picked this book up at the physical. Uh, you know, at, at Commentary Comics, picked up my pull list this week, was the awesome Mike Del Mundo cover art. And it definitely, you know, we always joke about uh, um, uh, cover art that doesn't necessarily appear in uh, the pages of the issue. This sort of does. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I think Gabriel Walters is doing most of the heavy lifting, but you can make a case that their art is comparable in a sense, I guess. Or at least they play well together for sure. the inside and outside. So, unless wait, unless Del Mundo did do some pages inside, no, it looks like you know it looks like Walter did the the entirety of the internal art. But I like that the uh, the cover art you know really does you know uh, uh, portend to what's inside. You know, like it really does say, hey, you know what this I <laughs> this is going to uh, uh, show you uh, uh, an aspect of this issue. Um, the first thing that I liked about this issue was that we finally, finally get some insight into what has happened and how Loki has become the Sorcerer Supreme of this dimension. Mm. Yeah, we also get the makings of a pretty, I, I, like, like I said in my notes, I agree with Wong, it's a pretty, it's a pretty stupid plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, once you get the Sentry involved. Exactly. <laughs> and, and especially where, where they end up going, you know, I'm like, well, that's not, this wasn't, you know, this wasn't thought out well, or it was, but, you know. It's about as well as it was going to get. Well, one, I'm just glad that Wong is back up and running, you know, after uh, they had kind of left him. Uh, uh, yeah, he just left. He wasn't like he had died. In the, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's like, why he's back into the fold for the time being or hopefully, you know, for, for some longer time, longer term. Exactly. Yeah. 
And the whole reason that he stops to see Wong ties right back into the story later on. And it was pretty good. Right. Right. So without really, I mean, I guess it's not really a spoiler. It's a mild spoiler. I'll ring the bell just because, you know, it is, you know, somewhat of a mild spoiler. I mean, he's basically, Dr. Strange is basically getting his room back. In a sense. Right. And the reason why I rang the spoiler bell, but it's a mild spoiler is because on the, uh, on the cover itself, it's called, you know, the, uh, the, uh, uh, what's engraved in the, the, the tree that uh, Dr. Strange is standing in front of. It's called the world tree. And if you uh, are familiar enough with uh, the Marvel universe, you know what world tree is referring to. That's one Yggdrasil, uh, the world tree and Asgardian myth. So, mm. you know, that's where this issue goes. And what I was telling Tim earlier before you came on, Roddy, was that this is kind of like the logical uh, next step. If all of Earth's magic has been depleted, where's the next closest source of magic? Right, which it says here where that is. And right. you know, it, it makes sense because... And I guess it kind of goes back to the the past couple of issues where Loki's like, um, well, actually, it probably doesn't have anything to do with it. Loki's like, well, you don't have to pay for the magic anymore, and this and that and other, and I I can eat your sins and this and that and other. But he, but him saying that was for a reason, not necessarily he was doing other the general kindness of his heart. But at the same time, it brought up the fact that it was like, wait, he's always, as guardian. They use magic and plays into this issue where boom, they have a whole bunch mm. <laughs> not even that they don't even have to use. So there you go. Exactly, and. So, um, break off a piece of that to, to uh, most of the other magic users you know, <laughs> that aren't mu- mutants, then hey, you'd be all right. And Which actually brings up brings up a question now that I think about it, because the, uh, Stephen brings up the Empirical in this, and I'm thinking, they didn't go to Asgard. Mm-hmm. Like, I know Asgard is kind of a mixture of, of science and magic or nothing, but, or maybe the fact that they couldn't for whatever other reason, but I'm saying, like, why didn't they go there if that was, you know, if they had all this magic? Next on the list. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I know they were going after all of the social supreme, you know, primarily uh, that part I do know, but but it still seemed kind of strange. It's like, well, wait a minute, this is a big, big fat source of um, magic sitting right here that you didn't go for, right? They weren't hip, hip on game like strangers. I guess not, or either that, the or they knew, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't, um, they couldn't they take, take on right. They couldn't necessarily take on, uh, you know, they. I guess they assumed at that time that Odin was still up and running, right? So, so yeah. So, but uh, that part was kind of strange. It was like, well, no, no pun intended. But that part was rather, was strange in that. I'm like, huh, weird. It was interesting to see the aspect of the uh, the plan that uh, that Wong was criticizing come into play. And uh, basically, we have one big distraction that uh, that that Doctor Strange has set up so that he can access the World Tree and. I the like, distraction in this. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. And I like the uh, the callback to um, the the previous issues in this, and how uh, Doctor Strange is able to gain access to Yggdrasil's power. Hmm. Damn shame what they did to that dog. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like that one. Uh, what you want to call it? That one. Uh, that one was a nice touching scene. Rip bats. Um. But yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like I said, this is this is basically culminating in Doctor uh, and Stephen getting his groove back because now he has a well, I guess we can't say unlimited power source, but he definitely is more powered than he. Well, it seemed like he may be more powered than he was previously, right. even as a social supreme. Right. And uh, getting back to what you were referencing earlier, it's one of the uh, the core the core tenets of uh, Aaron's run, and I guess Kate is going to bring it back in, which is that there's a cost to all magic in the Marvel universe. And um, it, you know, without even without even spoiling anything, it's the teaser for the next issue. What will it cost to defeat Loki? Yep. So that is definitely going to play a part in how this story is resolved. And I guess going into that other little subplot that um, because Loki, which hasn't, I don't think it was brought up in here actually, because there was that little subplot that Loki's looking for this one particular spell, which again, uh, 
seems like, huh, it's weird that this was just lying, well, not lying around, but this just so happened to be around and, and it's just being brought up now. I know that's writing, but, you know, I was like, huh. so this thing was around when it could have been used during the last days of magic. But I guess then again, all ma- most of the magic was getting used up anyway. So this weather had to come into play regardless of what it probably wouldn't have made that much of a difference. But like it, it brought up questions for me on that point. Like you, you have this all powerful spell that does this one particular thing that Loki's looking for that he can't find, but he seems to be closing in on unknowingly, which is why, which is, which brought Steven into the, uh, doing this plan that he's doing as crazy as it is. Right. So, uh, this is actually a potential click of the week for me because I had a lot of fun reading this. Yeah, it was good. Definitely good. What's next? Oh no. Prison Bartlett. What's next? What? Uh, let me go to my list. I, like I said, we have a lot in common. You should, you throw something out. I'm sure one of us, is one of uh, us. Let's, let's do, they might only one that did the super sun. So tomorrow story arcs. I read it. So you can talk about it. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let me try to get it. Let's see, Superman was first. So let me get the cover going. Superman, two for Superman 37. First part of the Super Sons of Tomorrow storyline that's crossing over with Super Sons of Tomorrow and Teen Titans, where the Batman of the future, this being Damien or uh, Tim Drake, who we last saw in Detective Comics, is back trying to prevent a hellish future from coming to be. And to do that, he needs to kill Superboy. Jonathan Kent. So Superman 37 is basically following future Tim as he first goes to try to take out Batman to keep him from interfering, which is a results in an epic throwdown with the two Batman illustrated by Jorge Jimenez. Great, great. And um, the colorist Sanchez, last name, I'm getting the first name. I think it's like Alejandro Sanchez. So that was a cool fight. He, Tim is takes care takes out Bruce. So then heads to the fortress of solitude to take out Superman. Uh, doesn't go too well at first, but eventually he is able to trap Superman and lets Superman know what his goal is, which then takes us to Super Sun or yeah, Super Sons of Tomorrow. As let me, yeah, I'll keep it up while I try to switch screens. There we go. Super Sons of Super Sons number eleven, which basically follows uh, the Teen Titans as they're on a mission. Um, Superboy Go is like spying on them because he has been wanting to join for a while, but Damian won't let him. Uh, first, future Superman goes to Clark and Lois's apartment in Metropolis to take out Superboy, but he's not there. So he like tranquilizes Lois Lane and then heads to Titan's Tower where he takes over the computer system, uh, tells Raven to read his mind to see all the things he's seen so they'll know why he's trying to do what he's attempting to do. He ends up shooting Superboy with some black glob thing to like restrain him. Superboy freaks out and flies out of the tower and his heat vision kind of like goes uh, like a supernova effect, which alert sets off an alert that lets the Titans of tomorrow know where future Tim is. So they're about to get into the, into the action next issue and probably Teen Titans. So yeah, but I can read this then since it's going to cross over with Teen Titans. Yes, it is. Hmm. That's about it. Yeah, just to, you know, the only thing I would I would add to this is that you know being unfamiliar with um, uh, all of the uh, uh, I guess the the other appearances of this particular version of the future of Batman, um, it's easy to pick up because it's all variations of a theme of legacy heroes. So all of the uh, you know these the the Titans that we're dealing with in this issue ha- sort of have a legacy 
on the last uh the last uh, cliffhanger page so you know it's a it's an interesting play you know everything sort of makes sense once you figure out um you know which feature or or or, or what various you know what what variant timeline we're dealing with um you know, once you start to put the, put all that together, but um, I guess that's one of the the, the the advantages of these legacy type heroes that once you see a familiar enough costume, it's like, oh, okay, I see who this is supposed to be based on. I see who this is supposed to be based on, so we can go from there. And these uh, Titans of Tomorrow starred in a Teen Titans story arc back in I think the early two thousands from Jeff Johns and okay. uh, I forget who the artist was. So this is not out of the ordinary. Gotcha. Alrighty. Roddy Cat, what do you got? Throw something out there, because I know we all read lots of books in common. Champions, 15. All right. Now, there is an interesting twist cliffhanger ending. To, uh, Indeed. Kind of. To, um, to a, a mini event that didn't seem like it was going anywhere, and still kind of seemed like it didn't, wasn't going anywhere. But then again, I guess it, it could play off into something going forward in the next uh, Avengers event. So, yeah. So, in this one, we have... Um, we get kind of a... So this is after the um, the uh, Worlds Collide uh, um, mini event that's happened. Uh, the team thought they, the both teams thought their vision was lost, but apparently she was transported somewhere else uh, or into whatever world. Uh, and the High Evolutionary also was there, so she's off on one thing. And meanwhile, the two teams are kind of mourning the loss. Nova's like, "I'm I'm out," because she was the only one that that you know treated me like I was like I wasn't stupid, and they talked him down. Then of course we get back into inner team um, fighting between the Avengers and the Champions again, which happened in the you know in the beginning of, the, of this arc. Sure, I mean this is definitely reminiscent of like the the Teen Titans and the Justice League team ups. So yeah. you know, don't talk down to me, don't talk over me. I'm just as qualified as you are. So. Yeah, yeah. Falcon takes a punch from Hulk. <laughs> oh God, how unrealistic is this? Yeah, which is like because the, the sound of well the, the effect they put on it seemed more dramatic than what it is. But I'm like, well, if he was able to get over, get up from it that that fast, like that couldn't have been that big of a punch. But at the same time, you know, hey, you know, Sam's been through some stuff, so he could, you know, <laughs> so he could take a punch from the Hulk. I guess, yeah, you know, like I said, I, I would imagine he obviously he pulled it, but still, yeah. you know, th- it seemed like it was a big enough punch. Actually, it, what the funny thing it reminded me of was um the the recent uh, Infinity War trailer where where um Thanos. Punch down a Hulk. I mean, punch down a Iron Man because oh. the way they had him kind of going down was looked like about the same way. But anyway, um, going on with the rest of the story, we find out that Viv's not dead. In fact, she is back amongst them double time. Well, right, exactly. That's the spoiler ending. But but uh, on the way there, we find that uh, you know her sacrifice at the end of the last issue wasn't a sacrifice, but found herself. But Viv found herself transported uh, to a place uh, that may have been more. Uh, digital than anything and we find uh her with um the latest version i don't even want to say incarnation but the latest version of the high evolutionary because he apparently has his found himself yeah his up- evolutionary upgrade exactly, i guess exactly exactly he's found himself um evolved into uh, you know i guess what the next uh the next stage of evolution is right seemingly as as it said in the book seemingly his final you know evolution final form exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> so so it's this final form that um that uh, you know leads to uh, the ending of the story. One of the things that we, that the, one of the subplots in this is the vision dealing with his grief over the loss of Viv and building a brand new body, and um, you know, and you know, kind of what what Roddy was getting at is that uh, we 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 come to a point where uh, there isn't uh, there isn't just one Viv. We'll leave it at that. Yes. And so, 
I'm I know we have another Avengers um another Avengers event coming up. Yes, what? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm thinking, and I'm probably wrong about this, but is the high evolutionary part is going to be a part of that? Do we know? Because he hasn't been announced. It's mostly it's the new Lethal Legion and Thanos' right. Black Order. Right, but there's also some about the Earth being taken or something. So I'm sitting here like, or whatever the case may be, I'm something like, okay, that sounds like something that could, even though it sounds like something that just, I mean, this just happened with this many, with yeah. many. But I'm like, that seems kind of weird to kind of retread that so soon. But the champions are part of that crossover, right? But they're not part of the. No, this uh, only uh, the Avengers titles are taking part in that. I could swear I saw the champions on the cover, though. I don't think that the the actual titles are part of it, though. Mm, don't think so. Visions in it, any like former Avengers supposedly is in it. Well, so I guess maybe uh, yeah, Spider Man Nova and Miss Marvel may be in it, right? Right, maybe that's what I saw, right? And we know uh, Uncanny and Occupy and all of them are going to be there, so. exactly. That's yeah, that I knew. It's just that when I saw the uh, the I think it's at the end of this week's um, uh, Uncanny, it shows a copy of the uh, the splash of the uh, the first cover, and I where I saw um, members of the champions on it, but like you said, it's all the former Avengers, so that makes uh, perfect sense to see them there. But we'll see, yeah, I was, I was just curious about that because it was like, you know, I don't know, th- that part seemed to be just kind of left out there you know just to get to the point about viv which which is fine because like i said that event wasn't the greatest to write home about but you know because it didn't seem like it really go win anywhere outside of this yeah i think this was the big development you know it's their big it's the you know it's their big interaction between the the the, the legacy heroes and the uh and the i guess the current uh the current avengers so uh that's you know that's one aspect of the crossover and the other aspect is moving uh viv story along so i guess that's wade's you know that that was wade's uh, purpose behind the story um, yeah, it, like you said, it wasn't the, the, the biggest crossover to write home about, but uh, it did, you know, at, at least uh, move some stories further along. But next issue, we're going in a whole seemingly brand new arc because we have uh, some new challengers uh, uh, coming into play, seems like, somehow coming away. If you go by that fact, uh, that last page or the, yeah, the page after the last page. Mm, and or, or read the solicits, actually. But, you know. Right. Shall see. All right. What's next? Uh, do you want to start rapid firing? Yeah. Yeah, because we all have a lot of books. So let's see what we can run through real quick. Um, Justice League 35, I can do right quick. Go for it. Uh, there was an old school character who I wasn't familiar with that this was his rebirth debut. Comes looking for John, who we know as John Jones, the Martian Manhunter. But he's not with the League right now, so they decide to help him. And it's some kind of some multiplying bug that they need to capture and get off planet before he before it starts multiplying and spreading more of its kind and basically before they overrun the planet. So that's taking place uh, along with the uh, Wonder Woman and Batman's dealing with the fallout from last issue where a nun died during a, one of their missions. Um, I like what Priest has done, like given each sort of minority leaguer a chance to a couple pages to shine. Like last issue, the issue actually, last issue actually began with Simon Baz on an alien planet uh, praying and, uh, What's I guess Muslim speak? Uh, maybe what I, I forget what. Uh, Arabic. Nas- yeah, Arabic. So like the word balloon is in Arabic, and then here we have a couple pages of Jessica Cruz talking in Spanish, and, and then she gets like spooked out by the guy that shows up looking for John. So she's like yelling at him in Spanish, and then he's like talking back to her in Spanish because he has like some kind of English or Earth <laughs> translator. Yeah, and then he and then the guy also like is talk has a conversation with Cyborg saying like like Cyborg asks. Because the guy is African or black, but it's because like he can shape shift his appearance. So like Cyborg asked him, you know, why he's chosen like a black 
person to be. And I forget exactly how he responded, but it was something along the lines of, you know, he doesn't give much thought to, you know, race like humans do. Hmm. But then he also comes back and asks Cyborg, like, why is he taking orders when he should be like the strongest or most powerfulest person on this team with everything he can do as far as like, you know, controlling machines, talking to machines, computers, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of neat. Cool. Oh, and also um, Wally West's Teen Titans Flash guest, guest stars helping Flash. So Okay. I'm try to catch up on this. Yeah. Same. I said the same thing. My choice is in. Um, Defenders number eight. Mind these down. Uh, Defenders. We see the origin of or Kingpin's origin through the eyes of Diamondback because he was there. Right. Along with uh, Lucas. Uh, Carl, Carl Lucas. Carl Lucas, who we know is going to be Luke Cage. But something I was reading an article on CBR, which I didn't, I forgot about because, so again, like this is Kingpin's origin through Diamondback's eyes, but we also got the real origin of Kingpin in Spider-Man number three, four, whatever issue it was. Correct. And things aren't exactly the same in Diamondback's side, you know, side of the story than what we saw in Spider-Man two. Right. The way Kingpin told the story. Yes. Um, We see Deadpool interacting with the defenders he explains why he tried to attack them, um, and then they send him on his merry way. Right. Uh, and then there's a big reveal within the pages. Yes. So earlier in the series, they had been, the Navy and the Defenders were messing with Daredevil because they're like, you know, we all know each other's identities, but we had no idea who you are. So, of course, he finally decides to reveal his identity to them. Right. What's funny is that back in the day, this was never a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Though you know, people, you know, team, uh, what you call it, characters used to work together all the time without knowing their secret identities. But now, you know, I guess they they just need to know. It's part of the, uh, you know, part of the way stories are told. Oh, and also, um, like Arrowverse thing, I guess. Uh, of course, uh, Bennis, one of Bennis's favorite villains, the Hood, has to get involved. Oh yes, and he revives Diamondback, who was shot in the head last oh, issue. Oh, not Diamondback. Um, yeah, Hammerhead. Hammerhead. I thought it was an Infinity Stone at first, but it was just a, a Norse. A Norn stone, yeah. Yeah. Which I forgot that like was it during that um he had got a power upgrade through Asgard or something, right? Yeah, something like that. I I I don't know. Was that in the Illuminati series? Oh man. He's the one to answer that, and I'm trying to say probably. I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember. But yeah, something happened. Yeah. So that's Defenders number eight. Um Galleon to the Galaxy one forty nine. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. We got to the bottom of who the tr- Traitors are in the midst of the Nova Corps from the uh, whatever society, the Raptors. Right. Um, it does feel like someone mentioned this, and it may it's a, it's a good point. They feel it feels like they're kind of rushing things now to get because next issue is the end of this series for now. Right. But well, to be t- honest, I was happy that I'm happy that they're wrapping up some of these storylines because kind of like what you know, why is this meandering on for so long? You know, it has kind of meandered, but like we're not going to get an answer to the ravenous group uh, trees, like. I guess, yes, they fought them, and I guess defeating them makes it, it at least seems like Groot is growing again. It kind of they, restores, right, kind of restores the OG Groot. They mentioned that, but when the, again, this is probably going to be saved for, like, the Infinity, whatever, countdown event, but, like, the, the Guardians don't know that the, um, i trying to remember who was behind Groot, the Groot trees, it's the, one of the uh, Guardians of the Universe. It's the Gardener, isn't it? Gardener. Yeah. But then the Gardener was being, the, is the puppet of Loki, I think. Or the collector? No. Now the gardener was the one that was doing that was planting the root tree even right. root trees. But I want to say like Loki was pulling his strings. Okay. I don't recall exactly. I could swear that this was all very much a cosmic thing without Loki being involved, but you know, you could be right. And then 
so they were getting ready the Nova Core and the Guardians are getting ready to battle the Raptors and then Adam Warlock's gonna show up next issue. Right. So it's not necessarily this the the ending of any kind of particular story because we've we we've been told that the series may be ending, but it's flowing right into that infinity whatever. Yes. So and last one, Uncanny Avengers number thirty, the final issue before the weekly Avengers series, No Surrender. Uh, Johnny Storm buys Avengers Mansion. Scarlet Witch turns down Wonder Man, but hooks up with Doctor Voodoo, and Captain America <laughs> returns to the Unity Squad for the first time. About time. I like Maybe. this as a wrap-up issue. Yeah, Zuba did a admiral job stepping in and kind of finishing during Secret Empire through these last couple of issues. Man, they just have Wonder hooking up with everybody. Yeah, she's. I mean, besides Vision and Wonder Man, who else has it been? Yeah, I was about to say. Um, actually, there has been a couple of Clint for like a brief, brief second. Uh, let's see. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I know there's been <laughs> one or two other people. Okay. You can say the same thing about Black Widow. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, kind of. But that's also Black Widow. That's kind of a... <laughs> I mean, realistically, though, she's... Well, let's see. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, like, Daredevil, Clint, uh, Bucky. That's pretty much the extent of it. You think it's Scar- Black Widow or Scarlet Witch? Wait, what? No, we're comparing the two. Oh, you're comparing the two. Okay. Right. But anyway, that doesn't matter. It's just, like, just weird, you know. I understand. I think actually there was something between her and Steve for like a brief second too. Now that I think about it, but that wasn't that didn't necessarily go that far either. Right, right. So, no, that I, that I kind of remember too. Yeah. So like there have been a couple people. All righty. Uh, let's see. So Tim covered a bunch. Uh, Roddy, mind if I just go rapid fire real quick? Do it. All right. So we did Batman, Champions, Dark Knight's Metal, Doctor Strange, Guardians, Incredible Hulk number seven eleven. Um, yes, it's uh seven eleven. Uh, no Slurpees here, but instead we are on the planet Sakaar. And um, the Hulk is, uh, the uh, totally awesome Hulk has found himself on uh, uh, the planet and is trying to uh, uh, liberate the uh, the denizens of the world who have kind of fallen prey to someone who has taken the uh, title of World Breaker. And uh, Amadeus is, 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 is uh, fighting a battle on two fronts. One with these champions in the battle arena that um that uh that are being put in front of them by the warlord and one is uh, a battle within to try to keep the savage hulk uh in place and in reserve uh, and trying not to um lose himself to it um in the meantime the warlord is actively trying to summon uh from uh, through a you know, through the same portal that uh um uh denizens of sakar had called uh, uh amadeus from he's uh actually trying to find um a worthy opponent that can defeat uh uh, the Hulk, and at the end of the issue, we have um, a very familiar scene played out, um, kind of uh, with the with the roles being slightly reversed in terms of who's delivering the line. And uh, what I'm referring to is a scene from Thor Ragnarok, the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. So, um, if you uh, read this, you will see this line inserted into this book um, in a in a in a reversed role, but uh, you'll still get a kick out of uh, reading it and seeing it played out. And uh, the cliffhanger to this issue is basically uh, um, spoiled uh, by the cover of the next issue, which is going to be the Odin Sun versus the Totally Awesome Hulk. We did Marvel 2 and 1. We did Mighty Thor. Uh, Ms. Marvel number 25. Roddy, you read this? I did, yes. So just very quickly, uh, Kamala's on the DL um, after the events of last issue uh, with the Red Dagger. And her friends are trying to cover for the lack of a Miss Marvel in Jersey City, and they are not having an easy time of it. And that is the the basics of this issue, pretty much. Yeah. So like one um, of them goes out early on, and they do their thing, and it kind of kind of fumbles around a little bit. But they they do that, and then the rest of the issue is uh, another one of their friends. 
mm-hmm. uh, ends up getting into something and, and Red Dagger pops along um, to, to help out. And they end up getting into a bigger scrape at the end of it. Yes. And that's where we end up. That's where we leave off. Um, I actually read Old Man Logan number 32 this week, and I haven't really been keeping up with the story. Um, but what's fun about this issue is that it's very easy to pick up and read cold. So it's somewhat new reader friendly, but at the same time, when I say that, one of the um, emotional hits that you take, you know, the, one of, the, uh, one of the, uh, the points of the story is for um, fans of a certain vintage and people who are reading um, the Wolverine solo book, um, and people who are familiar with, uh, you know, the the, his, the character's history through the pages of Uncanny X Men in the '80s and the '90s, um, one of the uh, one of the the story highlights involves a character from that. So, um, you know, fans of that run of uh, of the Solo Wolverine book in the '90s will feel a punch in the gut with the teased return and the eventual return of a of a character uh, coming to fruition by way of the hand. And uh, it's it definitely packs something of an emotional wallop uh, uh, after uh, you know after uh, after uh, uh, you know the seeming demise of this character so long ago. Um, Spider Gwen number twenty seven. Um, again, I can't recommend this enough because if you have been reading Spider Man for uh, for a while, and if you're even vaguely familiar with how the Venom symbiote has been treated and how that storyline has been told in a number of different ways in the Marvel universe, either through uh, Peter Parker and then with Flash Thompson. And now with some of these other characters in the Venom in that Venom story are us crossover that's going on right now. Um, Seeing the Venom symbiote storyline being told through the pages of spider Gwen and how it affects this particular character has been very intriguing and very um, interesting. So uh, I definitely recommend this book um, just to see this particular take on the Venom, the Venom symbiote storyline. And uh, the last book I've got is uh, X-Men Grand Design number one. I am not spoiling anything because this is straight up Marvel saga on steroids. Um, this is so much fun. Uh, my uh, initial note in this is, damn that Ed Piscord made my day because this is such a deep dive into X-Men history. It digs up so much stuff from the beginning, from the, from jump and it filled in gaps in my own knowledge base. So, uh, you know, I definitely appreciated that and it brought me up to speed on, you know, so much of the early, um, history of, uh, the X-Men. And it was a lot of fun. It's definitely annotated, much like a hip hop family tree was, because uh, um, you know there's just so many bits that he's touching on that uh, it needs to be annotated to help uh, you know to help you find the source material later on and go back and read it. So um, again, lots of fun. It's Marvel Saga on steroids. Yeah, I was I was um, kind of skimming this a little earlier, and um, yeah, it is definitely done in Ed Piscor's. Um his own his own style and uh from what i've kind of skimmed through so far you, you're right it is definitely a little in-depth <laughs> the yeah. style, that was a good pull there um so yeah if you yeah i mean we grew up with more i think you'll enjoy it if you are a hip-hop family tree fan the, the two or three of you that are not uh eight and seven eight and myself um i think it's worth looking into even if you're you know mildly acquainted with the x-men Exactly. I mean, we grew up with Marvel Saga. I don't know if you ever picked up any of those issues when they were coming out, but I definitely picked up a few here and there when I saw it on the newsstand. And I definitely caught up on a lot of my old school um, uh, Marvel history. And just to, just for um, the, the folks out here that don't know, uh, not familiar with Marvel Saga, Marvel Saga was actually Marvel's attempt to try to uh, tie in uh, and, and, and retell the, um, 
uh, the, the history of Marvel Comics, the early history of Marvel Comics in strict chronological order. You know, it was a way of, you know, kind of reproducing art and putting in new art to kind of tie, you know, things that were going on, tying crossovers and guest appearances so that, you know, everything made sense. And, uh, you know, you know, in a, in a way, uh, this issue, you know, uh, this grand design is an homage to that, like retelling how everything kind of fits together. Yeah. So definitely check it out if you, if you have a chance. Definitely, definitely. So or that's not not Marvel Saga because I doubt if they even have those out there. Yeah, that would be funny if they had, uh, you know, if they had a, a a trade of that. I'd be interested in reading that. Yeah, or at the very least had them out there on Marvel Unlimited or something. Right. So. And I'm done. All right. Well, in that case, I only have one, two, three, a couple. Uh, Future Quest presents Birdman number five because you know you can't say Birdman without saying it that way, and I ain't <laughs> talking about uh, Wheezy and them. Um. So this is the classic Hanna-Barbera cartoon brought into modern times. Uh, actually, he has he was he was a part of the Future Quest uh, miniseries, so it's not like you know it wasn't around. But basically, this is a, a solo adventure uh, between with him and uh, his Falcon Avenger and uh, Internation, the group, the the shield. Did we lose Roddy? You there, Roddy? Kind of dropped out on us. Oh no! And he was the last one to go. Give him a second. It looks like he's still connected. Maybe he's connected, but his sound might have gone off. And his video went out. I wonder if he lost his internet connection. Oh, we can't hear you, but we see you. Brooklyn Zarati, Brooklyn Zarati. <laughs> Come in, Roddy. He we hadn't talked about Tales of Suspense yet, right? I see it's no. on his, his last. Okay. Just making sure I didn't miss it. Taking my notes here. Brother. We'll wait a couple seconds here. Yep. If not, we cannot hear you. No. Uh oh. Looks He's like probably gonna leave and come back. Yeah, reestablish a connection. We'll wait a couple seconds here. If not, I've got the cinematic news pulled up. Actually, why don't you go ahead and do a ad read if you've got those up? No problem. I will pull that up in a second. I don't have them up right away, but I will be able to get that if Roddy's not back. I was gonna play a little bit of music <laughs> while we were waiting because uh we'll be right back. <laughs> like a little static image of like Cable's gone out message or whatever. Exactly. In the vein of a Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> we might, we might there we go. We were playing some cover music for you. We were covering for yeah, it. So. I, I heard that. Um, I don't Charlie know where. You were talking about Birdman. Birdman. Okay, so well, just just finish that up. But it's basically a venture between uh, with with him. Um, it's actually if you've ever watched the show, this kind of seems along the lines of uh, what what happened in the show. Like you know, something happens. Like in this case, there's some someone's manipulating um, presumably local deities, uh, gods, or what have you to do their bidding. And um, Birdman is on the case with one of them. At the end of this book, he finds out uh, that uh, he may or may not have a son. Dun, dun, dun. So that um, uh, going on in the next issue, but outside of that, like I said, it's just an adventure with Birdman. Come to find out, and like I said, they, what they've been doing with Future Future Quest have been kind of um, not necessarily modernizing it, but kind of bringing it closer to up to date as the the Hunter Barbera stuff didn't necessarily have back then, especially the old 60s stuff. So it looks like like Falcon can, I mean, his uh, Avenger can actually talk to us about that, but it's, it's a fun read. So you can check that out. Um, let's see. I don't know what happened. Well, I was weird that that happened, but I think I know what, what caused it. Hopefully that won't happen again. And we'll just go on to, did that one, did that one, Tales of Suspense 100. 
Yes, we all read this, and we just didn't have room on the sheet for it. Okay, cool. Actually, another thing, right? I should have skipped that one for last because this was like I, I kind of enjoyed it. So this is um Good. yeah. So this is Clint Barton thinking uh, Black Widow Widow is still alive after um, Secret Empire because someone's going around doing hits that she would normally take that she would have taken care of if she was around and in her style, and that's what that's, he's picking up on exactly. So he's kind of going around uh, looking up on that front. He runs into Winter Soldier, aka Bucky, aka um, Black Widow's other ex. One of her other exes, rather. Right. Um, and they seemingly fall into a trap because they both realize, like, okay, yeah, this is, they were both following the same trail that led them to, uh, to each other. And um, something happens at the end, which will be um, gone into next issue. So yep. it's kind of cool to see, like, you know, Clint's just kind of doing his thing, but he's still kind of at the slub. He's still, you know, he's yeah, been- not exactly the best super spy. Yeah, basically. So I have and- to say that. I was just going to mention, I, I was telling Tim this earlier. I'm glad that travel foreman is on this because they actually gave it to, you know, like a legit, you know, uh, artist who's, you know, who does backgrounds. He does, you know, like this is, you know, this is a, a, a legit book with a legit artist. That's, you know, that yeah, makes me happy to see this after, um, ultimates end it. Yeah. So, so this is cool. I don't know if you guys had any more to say about this one or not. No, that's pretty much it, dude. Okay. Uh, let's see. Catalyst prime summit. Number one. Um, as with most of the number ones, they kind of just in, in this, um, in this line, they're kind of in at a place. So we have Dr. Valentina Resnick Baker, who's one of the five, um, okay. Who's one of the five astronauts, uh, chosen to go on this big astronaut mission to save the world. And, uh, if you've been following the line, you kind of know how that went. Um, Dr. Resnick Baker is the only one to survive or at least so she thought, because if you've been reading the other books, then you know that that's not the case. Because you know the, the the other members of the team have survived, um, but uh, she's been kind of propped up as a she was with Foresight for a while, and then she was like, "I quit um, to got to get out of the limelight." And then Lorena Payne kind of brought was you know was trying to keep her back in the spotlight, but at the same time, she's also hiding the fact that she has some sort of powers. We're not entirely sure what they are, but we also know that she has a voice in her head. Or in her head, uh, in her head, that's kind of telling her, "Hey, you need to. It's going to come out some kind of way." And sure enough, at the end of the issue, it does, which also kind of reminds me of another. Um, and I hate to do this because it sounds like I'm kind of cheapening what they're doing with this um, with this line, but it kind of seems like she has a star brand. Um, except it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's not necessarily being manifested in the same way, but it, that's what it kind of feels like. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much the start of this one. Um, I don't know. We'll see where this where this one goes. Because um, I believe everyone that went on the mission has has a book at this point. I don't. I didn't read. Um, there's one of the books I, I that I had that I didn't read uh, that I need to go back and read to see if that person was actually one of the um, one of the crew. But I think most of the most of the ones that survived have it have been in book. Like the, the flagship title, Noble, is pretty much one of the main ones. If you if you if you go on that one, but there's been things going on in that book. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? I don't think I'm down to it with America. Number 10, I believe this is my last book. So, um, so America got caught. Um, uh, and well, actually she, she got caught in the last issue. She got, um, got released, but she ended up getting hurt to where she was almost, she could have been almost dying or something like that. We're not sure what happened, but she ends up, she ends up on ancestral plane, almost like the, um, this kind of like a spiritual realm, but she's been there before. Uh, while she's there, taking time to take a spirit walk, uh, the gang at Sotomayor U 
have been taking up the fight um, with uh, Exterminatrix uh, and trying to find America uh, with Prodigy kind of Prodigy kind of leading the pack, getting everybody rallied together. And they do that until America comes back into the scene, but also um, some cyborg Americas that Exterminatrix was making to uh, to to have an army kind of come into the fold. Uh, America beats up beats off the cyborg um, Americas <laughs> with Exterminatrix, like literally, and um, seems seemingly cleans up the fight and ends up. Um, it this looks like it's setting up to go for her to uh, finish the fight and go home to the planet that is she is from because something is going on there that she found out uh, when she was on her spirit walk. So that's uh, pretty much how that one goes. Like I said, this is pretty much the cleanup issue on the, the fight with uh, Exterminator so far. So it's cool. And I think I am done. Okay. Clicks of the week. Yeah, clicks of the week. Mine is Batman 37. Hmm. I'm, I'm kind of there with you, actually. Wow. I was close to I was close on that one, but I had a lot of fun reading Marvel Two and One Number One, and that's going to be mine. Yeah. Okay. Boom. There you go. go. Got it. Boom. Sweet. Alrighty. First two books we start with. <laughs> we lead off with our strongest, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, as we transition into the news portion of our show, here's our first read of the night, and because it is uh, the holidays, uh, Christmas is literally right around the corner. Um, if you're still shopping and you're looking for last second stuff, it may not yet be too late to get stuff shipped. Uh, using one of our show sponsors, you can help keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us, then click the keep our podcast free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, and lots of gifts for those people on your Christmas list. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN uh, payment that helps us keep the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. And if you shop at Amazon often, bookmark the link or add it as your homepage so that you can help the CSPN each time you order. We thank you for your support throughout the year. Alrighty, now time to dig into the cinematic news of the week. <laughs> Spider-Man 2 working title revealed. The entitled Spider-Man Homecoming sequel is going by the uh, working title of Fall of George. Uh, summer of George, I believe. Or at least that's what it went into development under the Summer of George. Ah, Seinfeld of, reference for those who don't know. Which is weird. Those, again, work, again. those working titles usually are weird. Right. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I wonder what's going to show up on those um, on those parking signs that says no parking because something is filming here in New York, you know? Is it going to be Fall of George or Summer of George? Now everything's shooting in the Atlanta area, so... Well, no, they still these- do externals, right? No, the thing is, they still do externals in New York. That's the thing. So yeah, but what this uh, what this sounds like is going to denote is um, George Stacy, and it also sounds like uh, Gwen Stacy. If they- ah, I wonder what race she'll be. <laughs> yeah, race. Sit, make everyone mad. All right, Lupita Nyong'o talks Black Panther, calls it brave for an action film. Lovely. It's only two months away. Crazy. Oh yeah, it is. Yes. Hmm. Ryan Johnson explains the significance of the Last Jedi's Black Cave. Yeah, we won't spoil this. It's been, it's too soon. Yeah. Because I haven't read it. 
What, what Dark Souls says, so. I didn't read the season. <laughs> I've seen the book. There's a lot of uh, Last Jedi content out there. Yeah, some yeah, of it is actually in this um in this the news section. Well, some of it anyway. Yeah, I see it's not too much. Yeah, no, some of it's on the clickbait section. Anyway, the question: WB has live action plans for DC's conspiracy theorist. I'm actually surprised that they haven't brought him into live action because they if they could bring in like Human Target, you know, they say what uh. Is this gonna be like on the DC digital streaming thing? I mean, it didn't say they don't even have any any concrete plans. They're just saying that he, he's got he's been brought up. Like Mark Cooper has, has brought him up a couple of times. Okay, that maybe want to put him on Arrow, but like they don't have any actual concrete. You know, got it. The Flash gets standalone Lego DC superheroes movie with a little help from his super friends. Oh, this one. There we go. Oh, I got that. Made that happen again. Yeah, you get long right. link. Yeah, but it's not much to. It's it's fine. Yeah. Guess what? Lego Flash, uh, <laughs> Lego Flash movie. Get it next year, probably. Sure. I'm when it comes out. New Teen Titans go to the movies. Plot details revealed. Uh, wait, actually, missed one. Wait, yeah. where did that one go? Well, anyway, uh, Shazam stars uh, Asher Angel. Uh, Angel reports to DC Films for movie prep. Yeah. Now the Disney Titan one. So yeah, we did, we already knew there was a Disney Titans Go movie that was coming. Uh, that was announced. Um, and we've even heard some, you know, some star lined up here. So this one sounds like it's coming July 17th of next year, and they have a synopsis. So. Good for them. Yeah, show's cool. Yeah, I won't hate on it, since my Young Justice is returning in some form and fashion. Well, yeah, but it was a totally different show. I, I, I never got the understanding. It was like, well, this is this is that. I mean, I, it was the one that replaced that, but it was, it was one even... of the other. They got rid of Young Justice, damn it. Yeah, I mean, true. Like, I'm, I'm kind of with you on it, but like I said, this is such a decidedly different show. It was like, eh, I don't see where the, the comparisons went to. Right. Uh, Jim Lee's art for Man of Steel's Steelcase Blu-ray is absolutely stunning. That's a mouthful. I, was about to say, I think that's a little hyperbole, but okay. I mean, you know, it does look good, but I mean, if you look stunning. at it. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, uh, hey. Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek movie recruits the Revenant screenwriter. I think the joke online was uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that someone's going to get mauled by a bear. Yeah, right. It's going to be a space bear. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this one. So keep it pushing. The Last Jedi finally addressed Leah's significant force abilities. Spoiler alert. Which is not entirely tr- well. I guess it it is. It didn't address anything. It just she used them. Yeah, like it's not like this has not come up before. You but know, gotta have a catchy headline. I guess that's true. I'm like all. That's like yeah. I don't understand why they did that. Yeah, gotta get those clicks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so apparently Snoke may have trained at least one other apprentice. Is that so? I mean, going back to the to, to, to the prequels, that doesn't sound out of the um out of the ordinary. So. Yeah. And Black Panther will get a new anthem from Kendrick Lamar. Uh, sure. We don't have that much longer to wait. That's a, you know, what's amazing about this is that we're literally about to hit the new year and we're going to get another Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. That's pretty awesome. Yes, sir. Uh, we had the 20, March 2018 solicits for your favorite comic book company publisher. So check those out. Yeah, the rest of them anyway, because some did come out last week. So ah. Marvel starts the Infinity Countdown. Countdown, countdown. <laughs> it's the final countdown. Exactly. <laughs> Not the music for the episode, but definitely close. Yeah. Lone Wolf and Cub gets a gallery edition from Dark Horse. What? I feel like we may have talked about this or something similar before, but I put this in here because it did it was something new. So yeah, Lone Wolf oh, getting um, another edition. Getting another Hold on, hold on. Let's see what this says. A gallery edition. What does that mean? Okay, so we get... Pretty art? 
yeah. It's like oversized? Uh It is. It says oversized artist edition. They'll put out a gallery edition. It's a hugely influential, blah, blah, blah. It's 128. No, it's 28 volumes. Wait, spectacular. Is a must-have for collective enthusiasts. Blah, blah, blah. It's the whole thing? Yeah, I guess one one big big behind book. That's all, yeah, May 23rd, 2018. Catch it. Well, it's available for pre-order. I'm going to take a look at it now. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> Meanwhile. In X-Men Grand Design, Ed Piscor tells the superhero's whole story. We kind of been over this earlier, but yeah, that's, yeah, it has been so far. Which is only, what, two issues, right? So this yeah. a lot. It doesn't go to present day, so it covers, uh, you know, like kind of like the uh, the golden the golden age. Yeah, pretty much um, the formation of the the original team. And the formation of the second team. Okay, yeah, I didn't get that far, so, okay. Right. Well, I mean, that we're not there, but I think that's what the second issue really covers. Right, right. Poison Ivy writer Amy True relaunching Green Hornet. So cool. And it sounds like it's going to be um, the new Kato. Well, the new old, the new Kato as the n- new Green Hornet. Because there was a there was a Green Hornet book um, and a Kato book, actually, with a different Kato, not the original Bruce Lee-inspired one, but his daughter. And it sounds like that she is going to be the new Green Hornet. And the first arc is uh, her and I guess another Kato trying to find the second uh, Green Hornet. So cool. Oh, just as a quick follow up on what we were talking about earlier, that the gallery edition of uh, Lone Wolf and Cub isn't going to include every single page of this book because that would be insane in one volume. Instead, what it's going to do is highlight some of the artwork of the late Goseki Kojima. And um, it's also going to include in its entirety the final Titanic clash between Ogami Ito and uh, Yagyu Ritsudo, which is like towards the end of the series. So, because, you know, if I, if I picked up all 28 volumes, you would understand how impossible that would be to put into one volume. Gotcha. Assassin. Boom. Right. So, anyway, moving on. Primpress Rejoice sets criminals returns this January. Okay. Yeah. They must have a couple issues in the can. Probably. You know, they go on hiatus every so often. And, you know, with, I guess, Zadarchi doing his stuff, you know, so I guess they got time to put some stuff together. There you go. Hawkeye and Iceman join Wave of Marvel titles canceled. Yeah. Sad to see these books. Actually, it's not, these are not the only ones because you can lump the next one in also with uh, Luke Cage also on the, also uh, canceled. Yep. And actually, I don't think this was even on the, see, yeah, Hawkeye on Hawkeye Iceman. Generation X might be on the block. Yep. It is. It is. That's the next okay. Um Hawkeye uh, Defenders was missing, but something tells me it's not canceled. Well, according to this, it, it does said that there are other books that didn't show up in the solicitors, but just doesn't necessarily Secret, mean they're canceled. Yeah, Secret Warriors was missing. Right. America, Luke Cage. Although I think well, Luke Cage Luke at the Cage time, is canceled. Canceled. Yeah. At the time of that article. Yeah. And then Defenders. And then then Matthew Rosenberg went out there and said, there's like, there's no, I guess, responding to folks to my, there's no bloodbath and cancellation. Some books in so that new ones can take their place. And that's just a cycle, which I'm sitting here like, okay, well, what are they taking? What's being, what's taking a place of some of these books that have been canceled in if that's the case, you know, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also I like that Luke Cage is also ending, which is same. Cause like I've been, I've been getting that book and, but have, I've been like a few issues behind like Hawkeye. I've kept up a little bit more on and that book's been all right. So, um, kind of sad oh and uh yeah the next article is uh generation x is also ending so we, we like we said which haven't you been reading a book um tim or where'd you not where you i read the first issue and wasn't crazy about it same gotcha though i heard after of course this came out i heard someone say it got better but it was too late for me same right okay about two was it two x-men books canceled oh yeah gene gray's ending but we knew that because it's making way for the adult gene to come back right right but then x-men red starts sometime in 
spring. Uh, let's see, that's March. So February, maybe. I think so. That's yeah. I think it, uh, one of those articles said as much. Yeah. So we lose some, but we're gaining some. Yeah. It's the circle of life. <laughs> but at the same time, um, you know, when people are kind of upset that some of their favorite books are were, were being canceled and people were out there kind of bummed about it and the debate again came up, you know, what's causing it? Was it, is it, is it actually sales? Is it actually marketing? Which I'm on the firm part of believing, yes, that's part of it because some of these books don't get marketed like other books, you know. they them. make too many. They put too many there out. Is that, but, you know, sometimes the, the books that need marketing don't get them and they kind of are set up to fail, I think, because of that. And I, last but not least on the news, mm-hmm. Walmart exclusive Marvel Legends Black Panther 6-inch Hero Panther revealed. It's the Purple Panther. Yeah, I picked up on this on Twitter. And uh, shout out to uh, Marvelous to- uh, Marvel Toy News uh, for tweeting this out. Uh, I saw these uh, images. And that's pretty cool that, uh, you know, they're definitely ramping up um, the uh, the hype machine for Black Panther now by putting out, you know, variant figures. And uh, the, uh, the, the, the Marvel Legends wave is about to hit our doorsteps within a week. If you haven't gotten yours already, indeed, that's right. Yeah, because the pops are coming and uh, the other the other wave. Yeah, the legends. Depending on right, depending on who you pre-ordered from, I think you would be shipping right around now, between now and the new year. And I think mine's going to come right after the new year. Yeah, I need to check mine. So I'm not sure. And actually, speaking of, before we end out, but uh, I have a box. Ah, there you go. And I think that's it for uh, comic book news. Did you have a box to unbox tonight, or yeah, tonight? Okay, let's roll before we do our last ad read. Let's see it. Okay, well, here we go from the Marvel. I mean, Keep in mind, we can't see. Oh, that's right. Gotta flip off. <laughs> nah, that wouldn't. That would be rude to flip you guys off. Ah. <laughs> but yes, from the Marvel Collectors Core, we have this book. I mean, we have the Hulk as this theme for this one. You got that the Hulk line art, the big green dude himself. I oh, it's yeah, yeah. I tried to show the bottom because it has my address on it. Um. Inside, of course, we have line art as normal. Um, well, that's what's all in the box. Uh, this one seems like a lighter box than, than normal because I don't know if there's more here. So we have out. We have a pop, and it's Bruce Banner and looks like Gray Hulk. Yep, sure is. It's Bruce Banner, Gray Hulk. Wow, that's cool. Yep, I was wondering if they see on the back. We also have, um, we also have a patch with the Hulk on it. We also have ah a Thor Ragnarok Hulk uh, keychain, which brings my total keychain collection of to two. Okay, so we also have oh, weird. Um, I thought this was a door, but I don't think so. Um, a Hulk squeezy dorb looking thing. So let me see what it says on here. Oh, it's a stress ball in the shape of a Hulk, in the shape of the Hulk. Ha! I could use that. I might have to order that. So, yeah. Um, and last but not least, we have a t-shirt, which I shall open up now. Hold please. And it's the Incredible Hulk in various stages of high caution. Not if you see that or not. As the box goes tumbling down. Oh, cool. The banner to Hulk um, transformation. Nice. So, very nice. There you go. And that is the box. Let's get that ad read. All righty. Our final ad read of the night. 
is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Torrente, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now, the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink Wines through cspn.us. Do it today. Make sure to follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at timdealgg98 and at cbcron. Agent 70 is at agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Roddy Cat is at Roddy Cat and at News Nerds Need. And make sure to go to PCN Dirt's website, popculturenetwork.com, and follow him on Twitter at PCN underscore Dirt. Get ready for a revised uh, Pop Culture Network website coming soon. Coming soon. And with that, so you guys probably will do a show next week, right? Probably. I'll be out and about so i won't be on for the next two weeks but i will be watching and uh, submitting my red books to be read at least the notes read for them nice and with that we want to wish everyone a happy holidays merry christmas happy yes. hanukkah yes merry christmas you celebrate we are the compa chronicles and we are signing off and in the vein of a charlie brown christmas this is how we're signing off Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? It's, it's Dr. Doom. What's on your evil mind?